Any other talks before we get started while I chew this gum? I'm ready. Spit it out. Good call. I like to have fresh breath for all the shit that's going to be talked. <laughs> Welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and trip around the world for soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex. I'm joined as always by Dave Brady. Boys, happy spring. So warm. <laughs> so <laughs> was warm. Nice today, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so warm for such a short amount of time. Rain <laughs> and cold is coming. I'm sorry, but it's just reality. Shout out Ian, producer for our fine podcast, and Jen, helping us run our social media accounts. Well, the weather outside was beautiful today and yesterday. However, I think the weather in Green Bay is turning very cold. <laughs> yes. With the latest news coming out that Devontae Adams has been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to do a quick dive into this before we get into soccer because it affects us deeply in the NFC North. And NFL free agency is still fully abuzz, going crazy. Trades, mm -hmm. signings, all of it. Now, it is no secret that the wide receiver core in Green Bay has been pretty small outside of Devontae Adams. He's he one of the best it. wide receivers in the league. <laughs> Um, he was kind of it. And now he is a Las Vegas Raider right after Aaron Rodgers signs an extension, huge contract to stay in green Bay. Now, uh, word is, is that Aaron knew this, this was going to happen before he signed. However, who does he have to throw to now? Devonte Adams leaving is like, if Brady left our podcast and Dave, who's been drinking because he's depressed about it, says, I need some stats, Herman. Where are the stats? <laughs> I say, I don't, I can't do that for you. Aaron Rodgers has no one to throw the ball to now. He wouldn't throw it in tight windows anyway. He's too worried about that QBR. Well, I, <clears throat> fine point. But where does Devontae Adams wanted to go to the Raiders to play with Derek Carr, which will baffle minds for Ooh. years and years to come, in my opinion. Mm -mm. I I think there is one and only one reason why he wanted out of Green Bay. Uh, I have his apology pulled up right here. He, okay, so I'm not going to read it, but he talks about his next chapter, new journey to the Packers organization. I thank you to all of my teammates. I thank you. Mm. And then lastly, to the city of Green Bay. Rather generic when we all know that wide receivers count on one position more than any other on the team and uh, just ignored in all of that. And I think that is very pointed. I think there's actual substance behind that neglection, if you will. Yeah. I, Aaron Rodgers is not a good person or nice person or someone that's easy to get along with. That is known. It is known, <laughs> but 
how many balls is Derek Carr going to throw 10 yards short of him or over his head before he goes, okay, Derek is a nice guy. He does cry (laughs) sometimes. He's emotional. But, like, I I get it now. Uh, Not (laughs) having a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback does hurt my career. Interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see. see. I think Derek Carr having someone to throw to could make him very good. I don't know. But also, yeah, there are there are going to be some throws worth forgetting for Devontae well, Adams. Well, and yes, what also what you're forgetting, Brady, is Derek Carr needs to get the ball to the receiver mm. in order for them to work together. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's been hard for him. So I'm sure they have the next Donald Driver set up at Green Bay, too. So don't get excited, Bears and Vikings fans. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like also... I, I do believe a really good wide receiver can help a quarterback. I think a, an elite quarterback makes wide receivers and tight ends. Yeah. More on that later. I, needless to say, very interested to see how this turns out. Let us turn our attention, refocus the Red Stars and WSL Challenge Cup. Season has not started. However, we've got some cup matches. Yeah, we uh, got one down on Sunday, a solid, comprehensive victory, 3-1, to one, against a former winner of this tournament, the uh, Houston Dash. I noticed a Conte-esque 3-4-3 three, three from this team, so a new formation, Ooh. new coach. Uh, mm-hmm. looked like a 5-2-3 while we were defending, and Houston couldn't do anything with it. They couldn't really get behind the line at all. Their goal came from a set piece, and the ball bounced around a little bit. So happy with that. Pew's already on fire, currently leading the golden boot race after one game with two goals. Uh, We had our first look at Ava Cook, who was a draft pick. She had her back to goal at one point and did a sweet one-touch turn and shoot, and that's that's what we're looking for from a striker, Um, especially if we're going to play the the three up top with Pew and Nagasato running around. That'll be great to have a center striker who's comfortable with her back to goal. And then Aaron Wright scored a PK. thought that was odd that a defender took the PK, but it was a solid strike. So I'm happy with that. Um, I don't really have any idea why she was the chosen taker, but that was solid. Yeah. Yeah. Up next, we have Kansas City Current on Friday, March 15th at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Kansas City has yet to win a Challenge Cup match. Now they are a brand new club. They started just last season. It took them until week 14 to get their first win last season. So they are still building up their ethos and how they want to play soccer. Hopefully we can smash them and keep this run going. Absolutely. The Chicago Red Stars, or more generally, the NWSL season doesn't start until April 30th. Yeah. So we've got some time. But, Much. you know, really quick start. I did not see them looking this good this early. Hmm. Wanted to point out one piece of news, too, that came across uh, after we recorded last week. There's going to be a doubleheader for the Red Stars and the Fire this yes. year. Yes. July 30th, mark your calendars. It's a Saturday. Really cool event. So it'll be fun at yeah, Soldier I'm Field, too. Hoping we can make that yeah. a thing. That would be a fun yeah. day. Sun shining, late July, doubleheader soccer. Moving over to the fire. We're on fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sporting Kansas City goes down 
in Chicago, three to one. This felt like the arrival party for Shabilko and the fire. Yes, it was a rainy day in Chicago, but it was nice and hot in the stadium. A nice fire Ooh. heat. That was a fun one. Uh, before line, I keep, Brad. yeah, thanks, thanks. A lot of steam, a lot of sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> before I keep rambling on, who wants to talk first about the opening goal? Ooh. I mean, like I wish it was cleaner than that, but it was sweet. He got through the legs, you know. Yeah, and True. I think sometimes you just need that to kind of, you know, take off. Yep. So sometimes happy. as a striker, you just got to see it go in the back of the net. But yeah, a little little Swiss cheesy here from Amelia. <laughs> Yeah, Melia did not have his best game. Credit to the offense of the fire, but this first goal right between his legs. As the announcer said repeatedly, he's not going to have a great night's sleep for a while. He's going to be thinking about that one for a minute. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I would say that Shabilko knows what he's doing here. And he's using the defender as a sight blocker. He's using mm-hmm. that defender. I think he intended to shoot between the defender's legs, actually. And the yep. def- and defender knew that. So he had that closed off. And so then the shot goes around, which even surprised Melia more. He had started his dive too early. Mm-hmm. Wet ball, all those things. The thing that I liked a lot about this goal was the fact that it's a Shakiri interception that starts the whole thing. And he's immediately thinking forward, like just one touch for, and then I've got to find my pass. And that's where the goal comes from is this defense is not set and ready to defend. And that's where you get goals to come from. More importantly, we should talk about the replay of this game because specifically for this goal, you can see me in my bright red jacket at 2926, just above the Heineken logo. There's me in my red jacket. I'm like the first row down because I watched this game with my friend, Tom, who is now a new listener. Hello, Tom. Thanks for listening. Um, And yeah, so we sat at his seats for the first half and then I showed Mm -hmm. him my seats for the second half. It worked out perfectly. (laughs) Wow. What a, it's not a bromance yet, but just you share my world with you. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Welcome. Welcome into the fold, Tom. We did get to see Shakiri's first goal live yes. and in person. That was fun. Oh. And on a penalty kick, no less. I loved the deep breath mm-hmm. from Shakiri before he takes it. And then definitely looks at both sides of the goal. He's going for his far post. Cuts it in. Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to it. take a pen. And that's yeah, not I was nervous just because, though. Yeah, I don't know. You? I shouldn't have been, but I was because <laughs> not so much lack of faith in him, but just more of like the weight of the situation, like mm. with somebody new. And if he misses that like penalty there, like what would have the, the, the fallout have been? Um, could have really killed a lot of momentum. And I don't know, just watching him hit it and the fans go nuts. It was mm-hmm. a big moment. So mm-hmm. it's cool. That's the reason I liked what Herman pointed out was that was a deep breath because yeah, Yeah. he's got the weight of a city and took it fine. It looked great. Looked confident. No chance for Melia. So that's, that's really nice to see. He was like genuinely like, like pumped too. I felt like sometimes like a professional like that'll be like, ah, piece of cake. Like I knew this was going to be easy, but he was, he was thrilled. So it was cool. I like to see that it meant a lot to him. 
because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we all want to believe as fans that he's happy to be here and happy to be playing for the team, but to show he cared that much and was able to execute. Yeah, absolutely love that. Because I, I also know the rabbit hole that you can get yourself down into as a fan of a team is bright, shiny new player, first big moment, they don't execute. Oh, is this a landslide? Is Was this... Mm-hmm. Was this a mistake? Do they lose confidence? And we don't even have to think about that. Shakiri did it. Thank you, Shaq. Yeah. And just to turn that around to the players' mind space, mm-hmm. you know, Shabilko, Shakiri, it's off yeah. their back now. Go just yeah. go mm-hmm. do what you already have done this season. Go score again. It's just going to make everyone on the team better. And that's awesome. Absolutely. So lots of positive talking points there. Not everything was positive for the fire in this game. Although obviously the win is big first goals. Yes. We also conceded Mm -hmm. uh, first goal at soldier field that came in the second half. And this was a little bit of a throwback. It looked like to the defense of the fire last year. Yeah. Interesting point. I think we'll go back to that, but this goal was a little too easy. Just kind of seemed like the fire were falling, falling, falling back. No pressure on the ball, plenty of people back in the box, and still the pass finds its mark. It's a pretty nice goal from SKC, but made way too easy from the fire. The thing that I want to push back a little bit on is in the stadium, you could feel the momentum start to swing. We were up the 2 nothing, and 2 nothing leads in just about any sport is a dangerous lead. In this case, you could kind of feel like, oh, this could be one that gets away from us. And last Mm -hmm. season might have been one that gets away from us. Instead, the fire needed to survive this spell. And we can argue that they did, that they took control back in this game and calmed the game down. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a little, maybe a little PTSD of (laughs) last year, the passes. uh, They always seem to find their mark in the box um, Mm -hmm. for the opponents of the fire. That's what that goal reminded me of a little bit. However, it didn't look like half of our defense was completely lost uh, like it did last year. So goals are going to happen. Sporting KC is a really good offensive team. It's what they do. So, yeah. And then we go on to take a third goal, which is something that perhaps last Mm. season might not have happened. So we took that momentum switch, turned it on its head, scored ourselves. Uh, Speaking of calm, we got to talk about Slonina. I just, he mm. must have that birth certificate that says I am 12. He just, he's not 17. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like he is so calm in the game. And he's yep. part of the reason that we scored that third goal. Pressure's coming down on him. Here, I'm just going to lay this one up nice and easy for Shakiri, who doesn't even need to win the header. It just creates a 50-50. And we are winning all of those in the midfield. Uh, a pass out to Brian Gutierrez. So calm. <sighs> Dude. Just, I would have blasted this over the net, yeah. freaking out. And oh, he yeah. just has the presence of mind. Okay, I've got a defender. I'm going to take him on, eliminate him, find my striker, and gets a great assist. Yep. Goody showed up in a big spot there, especially getting that pass from Shakiri in a mm-hmm. big moment. Oh, and it then, just looks yeah, like it to fits. have, yes, to have the patience to mm-hmm. not freak out, try to get past that defender take him on instead with just a nice tight, sweet little move. Yeah. Yeah. Find your striker. Oh, patience is an excellent love word. to see it. Love to see yeah. that. You love to see a striker scoring. You love to see your 
big signing, number 10 scoring, huge. Monkey off their back. They're just going to feel that much more comfortable every game. Also, we saw Shakiri as the pass before the pass. Also a great thing to see. If, he, if we don't need him immediately involved in every goal, mm-hmm. we're only going to be better as a team. And also, it allows him to get forward and perhaps be that finishing touch, which I think is going to be something we need to see yeah. as we go throughout the season. Largely, the takeaways with this one, immensely positive. We outpossessed a possession team that wanted to keep the ball 55-45. Any pass through the center midfield was just a no-go for SKC. Jimenez and Pineda were aggressive, intercepting everything without being porous. If they made a mistake, it was wonderful. Best start for the fire since 2009. Excellent. It's crazy. <laughs> Ezra. Ezra's working. Mm-hmm. Now, not to be a downer, but... Come on. <laughs> this SKC team is not the same team that they've been. They are working it. They're working through something right now. They played a pretty young side and did not look great. However, I would say the fire were a huge reason why. The fire had control of this game for the majority of the time. You say too, Brady, didn't you say that they uh, were going to come out at a 4-3-3? Uh, okay. Made some promises last uh, week. Okay. It looked uh, pretty heavy in the midfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, you, you know so much, and then you, it turns out you know nothing at all. So mm-hmm. thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Peter Vermes. Uh, but his plan didn't work. It looked like we yeah. outnumbered them in the midfield in the center the whole game. And Graham Zuzi playing a wing back winger, like it's just not going to happen anymore. That's a name. Pull <laughs> yeah, that out there. Um, yeah. So I was wrong. It happens. Here's here's the proof. <laughs> I think we can let it slide just this one time but Fine. please no no more mistakes Thank no more you. errors <laughs> yeah <laughs> right now the chicago fire sit at two and two that's two wins two draws so would it be two zero and two i don't know undefeated that's me. all it means yeah there you go undefeated third in the eastern conference table in the Oof. mls standings it is early it's early it's early yes Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but the fire looked good so far. Next up, we have a little bit of a break, not playing until Saturday, April 2nd versus Dallas. That game is going to be in Chicago. We will be attending. Yes, we will. All the boys. Will we remember it? Uh, Nope. Probably not. Yes. Wait, we are amateur podcasters. We will remember it and we will have analysis. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. Sticking in the MLS for our breakdown of our game of the week, Austin FC versus Seattle Sounders. The trees versus the Sounders. Final score, classic soccer game, one one. Classic soccer game, but was a fun one. Sorry, Herman. Yeah, Brady, you got it right. Right? One one draw. Yeah. And this is one that I kind of struggle with when I look at was this a boring game? To me, it was a little boring. However, the second half no. heated things up for me. First half, I was a little bit of a snooze fest. I, I think Dave and I both disagree with you. Same. Yeah. There you go. Okay. There's I was veteran, loving the energy. Veteran Veteran soccer players versus, uh, or sorry, veteran 
soccer watchers and players, I suppose, versus a rookie or sophomore. Wow. Lots of, lots of big words there. (laughs) I was loving it though. I thought the energy in Austin was great. Love the green smoke, favorite color. Thought it was pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pretty intense fans, like uh, similar to like Portland, Seattle vibes. So I was pretty pumped. I was tuned in. Felt like Austin should have came away with this though. There were points in the game where Seattle was kind of the typical selves and you thought they might pull away, but like Herman said, that second half was a lot more intense. And I felt like there was many more opportunities for Austin to seal it up and they just weren't clicking for that final, um, for that final touch. Yeah. I am going to disagree with you a little bit there because I think both teams could have won this one. Kellen Rowe had Mm. one smack off the bar. Uh, Chu had a moment in the box where sitting wide open net and he just decides to volley it over the top, which wasn't great. And then the expected goals value 2.1 for Austin, 1.7 for Seattle. So that's really not that big of a gap. And Austin had seven more shot attempts. So they, you know, Seattle created the better opportunities. Austin created more. Austin did have double the shots on target. Yes, that's true. (laughs) More possession and better pass accuracy. So, yes. So, not to, I don't want to go too far into the realm of stats because that is yours. But me looking at it, I'm like, Austin definitely should have won this game. And in that second half, it was banger after banger after (laughs) banger from Austin. They didn't go in, but they just had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, which I'm going to be on Austin's side here. I think they should have won this game. Um, well, but Austin is going to have to repaint the posts and the bar on both goals after this one. They just kept clanging them off, there, <laughs> off the frame. Yeah, they did. But, I mean, misses that so close. It's a game of inches. It, oh. Yeah, definitely is. <laughs> Cliches are correct sometimes. <laughs> I think every... Sidebar here, every single sport is a game of inches. No, it's probably true. Anyway, (laughs) back to the game. Um, So that second half, as I mentioned, so many opportunities for Austin and they looked really good. They're firing the ball all over the place. While I was watching it, I couldn't help but think, um, is what we're seeing a breakdown of the Seattle Sounders defense who just got lucky that Austin had an off night um, and couldn't put many of their opportunities in the net? Or was it more to do with Austin just creating that many opportunities? So is this a good Austin offense that had a little bit of an off night in terms of putting things in the net? Or are the Sounders kind of lost on defense right now? So a couple things, some context that's happening right now in the MLS. We're seeing New England isn't playing very well. We're seeing NYC isn't playing very well. Sounders have dealt with this before as well. CCL, CONCACAF Champions League, is happening and it is draining those teams. They just do not have the bodies and do not have the endurance built up yet to do this many competitions all at the same time. So you are seeing a depleted Sounders team who are already dealing with some injuries anyway. That's a fair point. Uh, They played a pretty young side 
and I want to get into some players in a little bit here, but they played a significantly younger side than Austin did. I also think that we're watching the Sounders sort of morph themselves back into what they used to be, which was a, we're not going to beat ourselves team. We're going to counter against you and probably nick a goal and you're not going to score on us. And that's what we used to see from Seattle. They got quite a bit more aggressive last season and we saw kind of a different season for them than we're used mm-hmm. to this season. We're seeing more of that slow start. And then I'm sure they're going to build up right into the playoffs. Like we tend to see them. So uh, you mentioned the CONCACAF champions league mm-hmm. taking place right now. Another thing that I'm looking at when I'm looking at the stats is fouls. Mm. Uh, Austin has more fouls, but Seattle, they have half the fouls that Austin has, but they have two yellow cards. So those can be strategic. But do you remember those yellow cards? Do you remember if they were kind of desperation yellow cards, a tired team, a young team? Yeah, it was more tactical style um, yellow cards. So it wasn't necessarily a tired thing, but, you know, Austin did have the majority of the ball and you have to slow a team down sometimes. Can I get into some of the tactics of why Austin had the majority of the ball? Sure. Please? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So on the MLS site, it lists both the teams as a 4-2-3-1, which I think is incorrect. I think that Austin actually played more of a 4-3-3 with their number six Pereira playing a legitimate number six, Driussi and Ring both playing the dual eights. And so what you're doing is forcing Seattle, who was playing a true 4-2-3-1, you're forcing those holding mids to track both of those advanced midfielders of Austin. Um, and so you're just pinching yourself back and back closer to your goal, meaning Austin is being more aggressive. They have more of the ball in this case. And when they do, they're going to just have more bodies in your half. So I think part of it is a tactics thing. They're the home team. So they're expected to do that anyway, as far as soccer unwritten rules are concerned. And also you're looking at a team in Seattle that wanted that they were like, okay, we're not going to really have the right people in this game to control it the whole way. We're just going to control territory. Now, Austin did break it down quite a few times. So you're seeing both sides of it. Seems like they've been uh, taking that approach, though, too, where they um, have that really strong, like, offensive presence and they keep on bombarding the goal because you look at the first four games that they've played. um, Yeah. They scored five goals in the first two games and they didn't score against Portland, but it just seems like it's working for them. And that's why they continue to do it. It seems, and I got to be honest with you for a fan of a relatively new club, it's probably a more exciting watch. Oh yeah. So yeah. And Josh Mm -hmm. Wolf, their manager was a forward, was a striker. So he wants to see goals. Austin wants to see goals. They're a fun team. And yeah. So I believe that we will continue to see them try and pilot on teams. And on certain nights, they're going to score five goals. It's just going to happen. I think, this game, they didn't quite have the finishing. I do want to highlight just some, just a couple players. I won't do the whole lineup. Um, Stefan Cleveland played in goal for the Sounders. Ex-Fire dude. He was one of our homegrowns. So that's fun to see him out and about uh, getting some starts there. Christian Roldan was immense in this mm-hmm. game. He scored, mm-hmm. he, well, he didn't score it, but he created the first goal for Seattle by making just a super clever run. The outside back on Austin never saw him. And then he had all the uh, Christian Roldan had all the space in the world to find the assist. Uh, I do want to talk about Vargas, who is 16, 
and looks like a pro already. He is really good. Number 73 for Seattle. He is really good. That is a diamond that they found. And I do not think he will be on Seattle for very long. On Austin's side, we're talking about Dominguez and Driussi, who are huge players for them. Driussi has been a perfect addition to them and is exactly what they need. A finishing number 10, uh, GTAG. We saw some lack of finishing from him today. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just a really fun game. I'm glad we uh, got to pick this one, got to see a bunch of chances. Perhaps not the scoreline you wanted, Herman, but you were entertained by that second half. Come on, admit it. Oh, I definitely was. How about this? This is a Herman recap. Crazy energy for this game. Largely uneventful in the first half until the Will Bruin goal in the 43rd minute. Second half, Austin takes over. Shots from everywhere flying at the Sounders. Fagundes puts one in in the 70th minute. Tie game, one-to-one. Soccer. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got some some issues <laughs> with it, but it's pretty good. All nope, you have to say no is notes. some scary countered no moments, notes. and then uh, got <laughs> it. Boom. All right. Switch gears. Let's do... Why am I thinking about it? There's only one option. EPL time. Yeah. Uh, Let's start with Tottenham today. Brady, how are we doing? Yeah, feeling pretty happy. Big, big win against West Ham. We, I'll bring up the fact that own goal is the third leading scorer for the Spurs, which we have (laughs) talked about in the past. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We have talked about this already on the pod, but ESPN wrote an article about it somewhat recently. So I just wanted to bring it up saying that we are smarter than ESPN at times. Hooray. Um, Someone get own a raise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Own needs that money because we are working that. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, son and Kane are awesome. We're Mm -hmm. sitting in decent spot in the table. I need Arsenal to keep uh, to start losing. They're playing too well. It's upsetting. We've already discussed this and it helps you. Yeah. Yeah, you did. That's true. All right. I'll go next with Chelsea, who've been doing a lot of winning. They won their Champions League match against Lille on Wednesday, mm-hmm. two to one. Won their FA Cup quarterfinal match against Middlesbrough on Saturday, two to nothing. So on the pitch, things are going relatively well. Off the pitch, still a bit Weirdness. of a dumpster fire um, because there's still a lot of uncertainty around the ownership of Chelsea. No one really owns a team right now. Biggest piece of news around that is that the Ricketts family, who owns the Chicago Cubs, that's where most people know them from, did in fact put in a bid for Chelsea. Chelsea fans are not happy about that at all, citing the previous political donations that the Ricketts family have made Mm. um, to a certain politician um, and the fans do not, or the fans feel that that politician does not share the inclusive values of their fan base or being a human, Uh, but we won't, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought this quote was very powerful as well. um, And showing how, how the fans are currently feeling their ownership, meaning the Ricketts ownership of Chicago Cubs baseball and redevelopment of Wrigley field raises serious doubts whether they will build upon the club's success on the pitch, 
and also the continued existence of the Chelsea pitch owners and the goal to keep Chelsea Football Club playing at Stamford Bridge as our forever home. As two big Cub fans, I wanted to just put this on the table for both of you. You do not need to comment if you don't want to, um, but we have lived in Chicago while the redevelopment of Wrigley has been underway. Um, wondering if you have any thoughts on this reaction from the fan base. I think it's silly in certain circumstances you're for the, like, as far as like keeping the, the pitch like the same, I think that the Ricketts cleaned up a lot of the bad areas of Wrigleyville and like made it a nicer place for everyone. Like there was some dumpy areas and then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know if, if that's your complaint about them, you know, that's not a legit one. I totally understand the financial backings that they've made yeah. of certain politicians, but there are some rickets as well that are Democrats. Just the majority of them are Republican. So yeah, it's, it's a hard sell, but you're also owned by a Russian oligarch right now. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the fear Fair is reasonable point. from a fan base. Yeah. I think anytime it's scary. Yeah, yeah. Another country comes in and, another from a different place and wants to, you know, make their presence known. It's there's fear there. I get that. Uh, but I agree with Dave, like a lot of the changes that they have made to the actual Cubs stadium have not affected the internal feeling of it being the friendly confines and yet outside, right. it seems much nicer. So I, you know, yeah. I get it. I, I get it, but it's like, it's almost like, a great example of why you shouldn't be if you're worried about it, like getting changed on the inside, it's not going to happen. You know, like they've already shown that they can do it and then just increase the, the business in general around the facility. Like everybody who's in the neighborhood should be confident that, you know, either the only thing that gets scary obviously is getting bought out, which again is another downside. So that, that is, I'm going against myself already there, but (laughs) there's certain, there's certain things that maybe aren't great for the neighborhood. And I think overall, I think it's a good play. And I think it fits in with kind of like the, the Chelsea vibes in general, like they're a rich, like, you know, team from London. I think it'll fit in really well. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair takes from you both. Thank you for sharing your opinions. This is a safe space, mostly. (laughs) Dave, perfect time to bring up Liverpool. I'm looking at the EPL table right now. One point behind Man City. What I'm loving is Liverpool and Chelsea, second and third, last five (laughs) matches. Green check marks for all of them. We're rolling. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Yeah, we beat Nottingham Forest. in the FA Cup this weekend for the right to play City in the semifinals. So while Chelsea mm-hmm. have stamped their pass to the final, Liverpool have to go through City. So it's going to be a great soccer event for us all. But I wish we were playing, uh, I think it's Crystal Palace beat Everton. Would much rather have had that uh, matchup to sure. get into the yeah. final. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, but yeah, another great day for soccer fans. Um, we also beat Arsenal, as I mentioned earlier. Yes. So hopefully that'll kind of screw them up before they go into the international break and they'll come out limping. So be great. <laughs> there you go. Um, next game is against Watford at six 30 in the morning. So that's the day of my bachelor party, which is why we were referring to <laughs> the fire game on the second, not uh, 
maybe being the most um, clear. So I'm going to be up at six 30 in the morning watching the Liverpool game. Cause that's how I choose to celebrate. So that that's why the fire game might not be super clear. Yeah, yeah. It's cause we're going to be really going to have to do a little bit. Yeah. Some rewatch yeah. the next day from the couch, rewatch the game. Very, very tired. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I don't know, going back to that city point too, with the FA cup that we have that game against them on the 10th as well. So it's going to, it's going to be a crazy April. Lots of really good soccer. Yeah. Also, uh, Liverpool drew Benfica, which makes me feel pretty good about the round of eight. But again, don't want to sleep on a team and get beat at this stage either. They just need to stay focused, get through this stage, and then bring on the next opponent, which I believe would be Bayern Munich. So it'd be rough. It's going to be rough. Rough seas ahead for Liverpool, it sounds like. Yes. Looking ahead to next week for our game of the week. International break. It's happening. World Cup qualifiers. Big exhale. Here we go. Our game of the week for next week is the U.S. men's national team versus Panama. Sunday, March 27th at 6 p.m. It's back. Okay. Here we go, U.S. national team fans. It's time. Probably the... (laughs) Three biggest games since four years ago. Um, Aronson is out with a knee. Obviously, no. McKenney's out. Uh, so some people and who Dest. have been... Dest is also officially out now, too. Yeah, that's what yep. I heard. That's yeah. some big, big boy, names boy. that are out. Um, we still should absolutely qualify. We have the squad even without those players, and we've done enough in the previous iterations of this tournament that we should be able to qualify the game against Mexico. We thought about that being the game of the week because you know, any game against Mexico is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. Oh. No, we don't care about it. We're visiting Mexico. It's very hard to get a result there. Anyway, if I'm the coach, I am playing no one with a yellow card at all. I don't want anyone sitting out against Panama that we could have had in the game. Uh, I'm playing Anyone who might be tired is not playing in Mexico at altitude. I'm not doing that. I hope we can steal a draw and that would put us in great position to qualify. But still, that is not the most important game. The most important game of this window is against Panama at home. Mm. Three points. We win that one. We're in. Let's go. That's the big one. I do not want to have to win in Costa Rica. We've never done it as a U.S. men's national team. I don't want to make that a thing. So with that in mind. (laughs) Way to make me feel great about this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just, I, sorry, but I don't trust the U.S. men's national team. I really don't. I'm going to pick them to win because I believe and I'm a state. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Took my take. (laughs) But, oh, man, uh, two to one, U.S. I'm going to say they're going to take care of business this time. Uh, I'm going to go two nil because I believe. And I'll go three nil. Wow. Yeah. No, I think this is a different generation of players. I think that we will get prime Pulisic. Uh, Jesus Ferreira is Ooh. coming off of his first ever hat trick. 
And that's kind of what we've lacked in the last window yes. was an informed striker. And here comes Jesus Ferreira. I saw those highlights. Yeah, that yeah. was sweet. And he being that false nine, the way that he plays, I think will fit perfectly against Panama. They won't know whether to track him or whether to leave him alone. And I think he can be dangerous in either situation. So, I, you know, I'm nervous as all heck, but let's go. Three nothing. We should be able to put them down and qualify no issues. I love the confidence. I wish I shared it. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, a lot of it is just me saying it out loud over and over so I don't freak out. Yeah, I started That's thinking about mantra. what happened against Canada now. Now, just let's move uh, on to the next segment. No, 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 so. <laughs> no, no, Dave. All right. Our thoughts are with the U.S. men's national team. Let's go. Good vibes. Come on, boys. Other games that are happening this week. Tonight, the U.S. men's national team is playing Mexico, 9 p.m. Tune in. As I thought, All games against Mexico are very important. Brady corrected me. Actually, this one isn't very important. Still tune in. It's fun. No, it's 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 going to be fun. It's It's still a rivalry. Especially if we beat them with a crappy lineup. That would be even better. That would be great. Then we're flying. (laughs) Also, U.S. men's national team is also playing Costa Rica on Wednesday, March 30th at 8.05 p.m. So, quick recap of this international break schedule for the U.S. men's national team. Mexico, Thursday, March 24th, tonight, 9 p.m. Sunday, March 27th, 6 p.m., Costa Rica. Wednesday, March 30th, 8.05 p.m. What else is going on outside of CONCACAF? I follow uh, UEFA pretty closely, especially Hmm. in qualifiers. And they have a new um, bracket system to determine the last three qualifiers for the World Cup out of UEFA. Um, Thursday, March 24th, we're supposed to see Wales versus Austria, but there's been some talk about um, this game being moved back to the June window because Scotland versus Ukraine, which is the other Hmm. side of that bracket, has been posted June uh, due to the obvious situation in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So there's some debate on whether it's fair for Wales versus Austria to go right away. And I think Austria probably wants it to go down um, next week because uh, Christian Bale is injured right now. Did I say Christian Bale? You did. I was <laughs> like, oh, where is what? He? Batman? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I caught myself. Otherwise I'd be roasted again. Well, I mean, we are going to leave it in, right? I'm sure. Oh my God. All right. Austria is probably uh, a little bit worried about uh, the game uh, being pushed back. Cause right now Gareth Bale's health, is in question. So I'm sure that they're kind of pushing for it to happen and then just play the final in June. Uh, But I think it's still up in the air at this time, what they're going to do. Also on the 24th, we have Sweden versus the Czech Republic, Italy versus North Macedonia and Portugal versus Turkey. Um, And then later that week on the 29th, uh, Tuesday. So Poland was given an automatic win over Russia due to the suspension. Uh, They will be playing the winner of Sweden versus the Czech Republic on that day. And then uh, it'll be Portugal, the winner of Portugal versus Turkey 
or and versus the winner of Italy versus North Macedonia. So it's a it's a really exciting new way to do it. I don't know. I think some people would make an argument that you'd want it on like the points or goals scored in the group stage, but it, this adds a little. It's like a play-in game for the sweet or uh, for the playing game for the NCAA basketball tournament. So mm. yeah. mm. it'd be fun. Really solid reference. I'll take it over for Cone Me Ball. Brazil and Argentina have already qualified, so we will see them in the World Cup. Ecuador has made at least the playoffs, so they should be into it, uh, into the World Cup. Uruguay, Peru, and Chile are going to be battling for that final couple spots with Colombia does have a chance, but I don't think they've done enough earlier on in this qualifying series. So that's Conmi Ball. I also wanted to touch on El Clasico was this past weekend and dominated by Barca. Dominated. for nothing, mm. Crazy. And there's still a 12-point gap between the teams. Very surprising result. But, you know, we've seen crazier yeah. things happen. I don't think that they have enough time to catch Real Madrid. But who's to say? They're playing really well right now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dave says, not well enough. Tim did text me. My brother, Tim, like... After the first two goals, I'm like, this game sucks. He's a big <laughs> round. <laughs> a little depressed, huh? Yeah, it was that that is the worst when you get the win taken out of you so early in a rivalry game. But it does happen from time to time. It sure does, doesn't it? All right. Whew. I'm always amazed every week. So much going on. What a wonderful world soccer is. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. It's always happening. Anything else? Before we wrap things up, closing thoughts from Aitharabia. Go USA. Go USA. As always, if you want to reach out to us, feel free to do so. WindyCityWingers.info at gmail.com. We welcome comments, questions, feedback, ideas, things you want to hear on the podcast. If you'd prefer to reach out to Brady directly, you can do so at... Stat underscore bro on Twitter and at Brad the Bard 13 on Instagram. And if you prefer to reach out to Dave instead, you can do that at both Twitter and Instagram at Windy City underscore Dave. Well done, boys. Didn't know if you had it in you. You knew what I needed. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. 